and Sarah, and we're Bible bitches. We're talking about biblical issues through the lens of feminism and <laughs> ladies just doing it like they are. So I'm a Baptist minister. My friend Sarah here is an agnostic. We're coming at it from two different perspectives, just chit-chatting it out. We actually met at Divinity School at Wake Forest. Hey, Laura, um, did you know that at Wake Forest, my superlative was least likely to use my degree? Did you know that my superlative is something that I cannot remember? <laughs> How you doing this week, Sarah? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing much better now that I'm here with you. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm a little offended by your sarcasm in your voice. <laughs> like, that hurts, dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's 100% genuine, Sarah. I'm here, <laughs> and I'm ready to talk about Satan with you. Satan. I think mm-hmm. I kind of love Satan. Yeah? I'm like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> You've been watching that uh, television series. I don't even know the name of it, about Satan, the dashing. Oh, pants. no, I haven't. I think it looks so dumb. It looks real dumb. Doesn't it look I'm so dumb? Watching it. it looks really dumb. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry production team of... Yeah, y'all, y'all are doing a great job. You're really just like doing what you can do best. That was Kudos. that was that was a that was definitely like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> that was a <laughs> neg for sure. Best, best time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, protection team. You can do better than what you're currently doing. I don't. You know what? I don't know. It's no. Maybe they can't. We don't. We don't know. No judging. No judging. <laughs> we're all we're all just trying to live our best lives. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So we're going to move along and talk about uh, the, the the real, actual Satan, Sarah. Yeah, no, he's super real. And it's real real. Right. Do you think he wears horns? Um, I, so I'm conflicted because on the one hand, I want to say a hard yes. But it is true that in Christianity, their whole thing is that like, he's like a snake and he'll look so seductive. So maybe he is just like, uh, you know, maybe he was Jonathan Taylor Thomas when I was 13. And now he's like Tom Hardy. Maybe Tom Hardy is Satan. I'm sure our parents thought it was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was spending all my money on Teen Beat back in the day. So So with that, I'm going to make a really smooth segue to ancient Egypt. (laughs) It makes, no, it makes a, yeah. Yeah. Um, which also has somewhat of a connection to Hollywood, um, because we're going to talk about, I'll wait for it, Sarah. Um, Satan, uh, first came to prominence in ancient Egypt with the god Set. Okay, Set, I don't know if you remember this or not from the highly disappointing mummy film this summer, um, but spoiler <laughs> alert to anyone who not seen this film. That's what Tom Cruise turns into at the end of the film, the God set, right? So really we're talking about Tom Cruise. Don't sue us. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) The God set representing death and chaos versus Osiris representing order and life. So this this was kind of the dichotomy in ancient Egypt. 
So is that like um, what happens in my uterus every month? Yes, Sarah. (laughs) The death of future children. The death and chaos of your uterine lining. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Indeed. R.I.P. R.I.P. December uterine lining of a one Sarah Hoff. Um, (laughs) 32 years for not being pregnant. (laughs) Hooray. (laughs) Sorry, I got us off topic. Go on. Oh, no, smooth transition back to Zoroastrianism, which Mm. emerged in the modern-day era uh, area of Iran um, in the 5th century BC as a monotheistic religion where there was a good spirit, and I'm going to butcher this, Ahura Mazda, who created truth, and a bad spirit named Angra Mainyu, who was evil. So there was uh, a bit of a dichotomy there as well, that we see that kind of flowing through to Zoroastrianism. Um, but we also see Ahura not being um, omnipotent. We see the the good spirit fighting alongside humans, um, fighting back against the bad spirit, Angra. Um, so we kind of start to see it morph a little bit, right, into good and evil. Right, yeah. Um, and I think, like, it's important, like, there's a, there's a small sort of flip on this that Angra is, yes, evil, but it's also deceitfulness and anger specifically. And there aren't, like, a ton of references to the spirit. Um, But in the references that are there, Ahura and human triumph, which in modern-day Zoroastrianism is interpreted as dualistic. But the importance here is that evil is entirely separate from good. Ahura is good. Angra is this entirely other separate entity. You know what I mean? Two diametrically opposed beings. Right, right. Bring the ring in battle. Yes. Which, interestingly, is not what it looks like kind of early on in the um, the text in the Hebrew Bible. Um, Satan doesn't really play a main role for Israelites and is rarely mentioned in the earliest biblical texts. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, we, we kind of get the whole... Now we read back into it and say, is that snake in the garden? Hmm, who was that? Um, <laughs> But that, but that snake is never referred to as Satan. Uh, so yeah, so we have this dynamic where we don't really have Satan talked about very much until Job, right? And in mm-hmm. Job, Satan is really more of an adversary. Satan is Satan is not this entirely other being um, in a waged war of good versus evil, right? He's more of a, more of an adversary. Yeah, I think that's like an, a really interesting point that. It isn't until Job, and I would say that even in Job, it's very arguable that Satan isn't explicitly called a, an evilness. It's just that like an adver- he's just an adversary, or this being is just an adversary. Um, <laughs> and until it isn't until much later that texts reference back to the adversary as being Satan, as being right. this like fallen angel that like tried to oppose God and then like fell. And now this adversary is Satan and is trying to destroy the world. That's a really good movie plot, Sarah. <laughs> I feel like it's been done. <laughs> it, no, no way. It's so original. I've never heard that before <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. At some point we'll have to do a story on Eve because you know, screw Adam, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. in another podcast, um, because there's a lot to unpack. There's yeah. But for now, we're going to go back to Job. So I'm going to summarize Job real quick. Job was a dude, um, a super wealthy dude, kind of like Joel Osteen. (laughs) The prosperity gospel didn't work out the same way for Job. 
as it did currently for Joel Osteen. <laughs> <laughs> We're throwing lots of people under the bus today, Sarah. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm okay with that. I will throw Joel Osteen under the bus like any chance I get. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, prosperity gospel is rubbish. Oh, yeah, and focus on the family. I'll throw them under the bus. Just yeah. All, all day. Back it under What's there. His name? Just... Dobson? James Dobson? Yeah, there's, yeah, just no. We don't <laughs> yeah. like that. Go, go on. Yeah. Tell um, me about Jim. All right. Uh, he's got lots, lots of, lots of cattle, lots of friends. He's got, uh, he's got women. He's got land. He's just being awesome. He's loving God. He's doing, doing his thing, you know. But uh, God and the adversary, they basically go out for a drink and make a bet on Job's faith. So it basically went like this. Yo, adversary, look at this guy. Look how faithful he is. And he's like, super righteous. I'm just amazing. I'm this amazing God who's created someone so loyal to me. He's so loyal. He's never going to turn from me. And the adversary's like, nah, nah, dude. Anyone would totally believe in you if you gave them everything you ever asked for. Like the women, the cattle, the land, the friends, all that stuff. And God's like, nah. He's too legit to quit. And adversary's like, let's make a bet. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> um, are your are, are God and the adversary in your story like in a made-for-TV movie, like a PSA against drugs? Like, are they like the drug dealers who are being like, yo, kid, yo, kid, I got some drugs <laughs> for you. Nah, nah, that's legit. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. I'm making a low-class version of the film Bedazzled. I don't know if you remember with Elizabeth Hurley and Brendan Fraser. Okay, first of all, you are like the third person to to reference that movie to me in the last month, which is did that movie come out like 15 years ago? I'm pretty sure it's like late 90s, early aughts. <laughs> Clearly I have to watch it because people are like, yeah. dude. I don't know if I that's... mean, Elizabeth Hurley as the devil and Brendan Fraser, I believe, is like the Joe Blight character in this, right? And she's kind of messing around with, you know, I think she's play- I think she plays chess with God. I think that's that's kind of the metaphor, which which it kind of sounds like that's what's happening here. So, wow. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying look for a good biblical gem and uh, in the bedazzled film. But, hey, you take what you can get, Sarah. That's right. There aren't a lot of <laughs> there aren't a lot of choices out there. <laughs> we We've got the mummy, historically <laughs> accurate. Accurate. <laughs> we have bedazzled, also historically <laughs> accurate, according to the biblical text. These are actually just our resources for today. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we've we've come into this having um, done a lot of very serious research and um, <laughs> consulted all of all of the books. All of them. One hundred percent of the books. Anyways, whatever. I love, like, I love this idea. It's like Job is just like chilling. I am pretty sure he's like on a big round bed, just like with a harem of ladies, and like somebody's like fanning him with palm fronds, and and then like all of a sudden, God's like, I'm gonna fuck your shit up. <laughs> so douchey. <laughs> jerk in the story i don't i don't like that part no right god don't don't take a stuff whatever god's like a total asshole in the bible right i feel like um which is you know 
but neither here nor there and why I like process theology, but whatever. That's a, that's another story for another day, Sarah. I'm Uh, I'm with you. That's the, that's the only like theology that is tolerable. Right. Right. Basically God learns and grows with us. Yeah. Um, we're all in it together. Um, so back to the story, back to action. Um, God takes everything from Job little by little, but Job doesn't lose his faith. Right. And um, the general reading of this is that it's all God's will. Um, I've got some issue with that. Um, this is this is like how it's kind of, kind of interpreted. In yeah. Conservative churches. Um, so I, that's not what I would say along with that. But um, but, you well, know, it's, it's, it's hard not to read it that way at face value. Like, I feel like right. that's the story that's trying to be portrayed. Right. There's, yeah. And that's partly, you know, reading it through a modern lens. It's, and without textual criticism and historical criticism, I think it's super easy to take at face value. Yeah. Um, But so basically, Job remains steadfast in his faith. um, And God is able to prove to the adversary, Satan, that Job is faithful. Mm. Um, The adversary kind of like fades into the background, you know, tail between his legs, Uh, horns hung down on his face. Oh, I would love it if the horns could droop. <laughs> Sad horns. <laughs> a wonderful visual. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, like, it's it's interesting here because Job never, like, actually curses God, which I think is, frankly, insane. Like, God is doing this thing to Job that's so unfair and so unjust and so outside of, like, the narrative that we want to believe about God, you know, like God is supposed to be just and kind. And in this particular story, God is, is being none of those things. Like God is just flexing muscle to prove something to another being that, that like takes full advantage of somebody who has nothing to do with the situation. Right. And what's interesting about this and, is that Job in this in this story, in this narrative, doesn't curse God at all. All he does is ask God, why? Why has he lost favor? Um, and, it, and like there is like a little bit of nuance, I think, in other texts. I think in the Islamic texts, God or Job doesn't actually like respond at all. He's just silent. And that is supposed to imply a faithfulness. But I don't. Like, I just don't know if I can get on board with the kind of God who would choose to harm the people that love him in order to prove something to somebody who does not love him or her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think God being kind of God's kind of a bully. Right. In the story, if you look at it at face value um, and, you know, and, and you're not really going deeply into it you could it's it's easy to slide into that that god that god's a bit of a bully right and that this prosperity gospel that if you just stick with it and think things are going to get better and god's going to reward you for faithfulness um then you know god's just going to give you all the riches and everything you need back or in addition to how you were before which to me honestly is a milk toast bastardization of the bible (sighs) but you know yeah i don't have Strong opinions about it, Sarah. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I think if we're going to take something positive away from this story um, on the face value, not, you know, kind of not going deep, deep, deep into the, you know, textual criticism and historical criticism of the story, I think it would be that um, while Job does not curse God, Job does have a full range of emotions in the story and does is very angry at God um, and does tell God his anger. And so that is, uh, I think a positive thing to me that, um, you know, it's, it's not that uh, you, 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 Oh, let's just be polite, you know, you know, in terms of our faith, but like it is possible to lay all of those emotions down. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I get that. Like, but I just like, if that's what it takes, like God in this, so in, in the end of this story, I don't, cause I don't think that we talked about this in the end of the story, when Job does question God, God then like feels bad and provide, like gives Job twice fold what he previously had. But I don't know if that's good enough. Like, does it, that doesn't take away the pain that God inflicted on Job for no reason. And I mean, it's it's a story that that sort of like theme of something of of the unjustness of life and things being taken away in these like completely nonsensical, irrational ways. Just like that's what happens with life. With life, I can't get there. Well, Sarah, (laughs) this is why I don't adhere to the Bible being infallible. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. Thank God that anything about God and have opinions about God. Um, and, you know, I think there are parts of this story that strike me as a bit simplistic for a 21st century theology, like the yeah. idea of God testing people for fun. I mean, we all have this like basic bitch theology, uh, theology at 3 a.m. on the toilet when we're having diarrhea, right? <laughs> I mean, have you ever bargained with God after eating the wrong sushi? <laughs> I have. I have. I have. But <laughs> um, I, I digress. Um, I don't think it's helpful to judge the theology of the writers of Job because we're so removed from that time, place, and culture, right? What we can do is look at it from a historical lens yeah. and then take what's helpful. Um, so, like, ultimately, I feel like everyone does this when they read the Bible, whether you're conservative or liberal, whether you realize it or not. So, what I take from this story. I take that God, however one defines the divine, has space for all of our emotions, the anger, the grief, and the sorrow. Um, And God can take whatever punches you throw and is still there. That's what I take from it while also realizing that the story is written by, you know, human hands that were grappling with a lot of very difficult issues. See, like, that's that's why I love you, because you can take something that seems... Like such a negative story in my in my interpretation, you can make it seem like kind of sweet. Like, oh, well, Sarah, I watch a lot of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter is not a sweet film. That shit is dark. Well, it's real dark, right? Real dark. But I mean, there's some real fun times in Gryffindor House <laughs> <laughs> and at the Weasley House. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go ahead and assume that we're done with our podcast right now. Yes, it was all just a plug for a lot of terrible films and Harry Potter. And Harry Potter. (laughs) 
All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you um, tune in again uh, when we do our next podcast. It'll be on hell. If you'd like, you can reach us at our Gmail, which is BibleBetches, B-I-B-L-E-B-E-T-C-H-E-S at gmail.com. Gmail had a bit of a prudish thing about us us using the word bitch. Um, You can also check us out at our Twitter, which is Bible Bitches, our Facebook page, um, or SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or you can hit us up at our website, BibleBitchesPodcast.com. We'd love to give a big shout out to Engaged Gays for hosting us and um, to Miss Eves for letting us use her, her song TNT for the intro and outro music. You guys should definitely check her out. Her music's great. And also Aaron um, Smith for creating our logo. You can you can check him out at Aaron Doodles. Thank you all again. We hope you listen to us again. Thanks. Bye.